Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Predetermined, a pro wrestling hangout. I'm your host, Garrett Callender, and with me, as always, a man who survived 2018, Derek Halpin. Didn't seem like that was actually going to be something you could say, you know, for a while. It was a long year. A lot of stuff happened this year. Some good stuff, some bad stuff. But it's a new year. We're turning over a new leaf. It's an exciting period for the podcast, too, because not only is this the first episode of Predetermined to Pro Wrestling Hangout in 2019, but it's also going to be this podcast's birthday here in a couple of weeks. What is it, the 28th or something? January 28th is when we officially got our audio up online. Well, do I get to eat like predetermined birthday cake on that day, or does that go towards the diet? You don't get to, but I do. Okay, I hope some of the listeners go out and get themselves a treat as well. Get a cupcake, get lots of cookies, and post pictures of you eating the cookies online and tag Garrett in them so he can see you enjoying cookies that he can't have. And if you blow out a candle and make a wish on behalf of the podcast, I'm not going to be mad about that as well. Yeah. Send us pictures, send us videos, whatever. You know the deal. Hit our goddamn music. So I guess I should officially, on the podcast, say Happy New Year to you. Yeah, we're actually recording this on New Year's Day. Yeah. January 1st, brother. Did you party hard last night? I didn't party. I mean, if by party you mean sleep. I went to bed at 8 p.m. Well, and you, you work early. I do. I get up for work at 3.15, man. And I set my alarm for... uh. 11.50 so I could say Happy New Year to my girlfriend, and then as soon as we had our phone conversation, I went right back to bed. It took me like 10 to 15 minutes. I don't know if anybody lives in an urban area who's listening to this podcast, but I can tell you that in cities, on major events like 4th of July and New Year's Eve, when there's an opportunity for people to use fireworks, they use them, and they use them all over the place. And I can tell you from midnight to probably three in the morning, people were just, it sounded like bombs going off. So it took me another 10, 20 minutes to go back to sleep because it sounded scary out there. I don't know that mine was much better than that. Uh, I did, well, did go. Did I, you choose to celebrate? Like, did you do the. <laughs> you say that like it's a religious holiday. It's like, do you choose to. <laughs> do you choose to acknowledge that it's a different year? I did go out. Uh, my wife enjoys, you know, going out to bars and to events such as New Year's. That's not my cup of tea. <laughs> events <laughs> such as New Year's. No, I, you know, luckily she had a DD last night, which was me. Because, you know, fucking you Diamond can't Dallas Page. Yeah, DDP. Yeah, <laughs> designated driver yoga, man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so we, we went to a tiki bar. And so a lot of times, uh, weed helps me with my social anxieties. And I'll tell you, it does not help on New Year's Eve. There is a whole 
group of society that comes out on New Year's Eve to go to bars that I don't run into in my regular life. Right. So there's like entire groups of people you forgot about. Yeah. Like when uh, we walked in, you know, we're waiting in a line to get into this place. And I looked over and I thought to myself, I need to remember tomorrow that the moment I died inside tonight was when I watched the man with the fedora in the photo booth by himself doing a lot of pointing at that camera solo. Oh. You know, switching from hand to hand, doing poses with the hat. And I thought, me and this guy, we just don't have a lot in common. It's not going to happen. That's an interesting thing to bring up because on the one hand, it's gross to see. Like, I'm sure that was really like, like, like you were judging that guy hard. But at the same time... Maybe he didn't give a fuck, and maybe he's living his best life, and he doesn't care that you're sitting at the table mildly high <laughs> judging him. Like, he doesn't care. It's no, 2019. And, and f- yeah, he was dressed well, at least. I mean, a fedora is arguable on whether or not it's, you know, dressing well, but I can say it was better than me wearing a velvet jacket over a Joey Janela shirt, because you don't <laughs> have to stay on brand. <laughs> So he doesn't care that some guy who has a pro wrestling podcast was thinking ill of him. Yeah. Oh, but this was, okay, so this Tiki Bar, this was its first year in business. It gets to be a couple minutes before midnight, so we make our way over towards the bar where they had, you know, go-go dancers and things like that, and they had two guys on that's like, all right, it's- Go-go dancers? Yeah, they kind of had like a 70s-themed party to it last night. That's baller as fuck. Yeah. And you didn't break the diet, like, to get a drink and celebrate? Derek- I hope you know how much I love a pina colada from a tiki bar. <laughs> I am not a so big... So this was torture for you. I'm not a big drinker. And the only kind of bars I like, Derek, are tiki bars. Because, you know, yeah. you give me a drink with an umbrella in it, I am there all day. That You're is... willing to pop a lot of money down for the pina colada. But I did not have a pina colada. I sat there and drank nothing the entire night. But it's, you know, it's a couple minutes till midnight. These two guys are on the bar. We go over and we're like, all right, I guess they're going to do the countdown. And they're talking. And we're looking at the clock. And it's really rapidly approaching midnight. And they have not gotten anywhere near counting down. So people towards the back of the bar on a different, like on the patio, start doing the countdown. And we all cheer Happy New Year's. By the time these guys are done talking, it's 12.03. And he's like, all right, are you guys ready for the countdown? I'm like, that's not how this works, motherfucker. You don't get to just pick. What time is New Year's? <laughs> like, I mean, these two guys stood on the bar like, we opened this bar this year and we didn't know how well it was going to do and it's done really well. And I'm like, I came here for New Year's not to hear you suck your own dick about how well your bar's doing, man. Count down. I paid $10 to get in here. <laughs> to not drink. And then at 12.03, they counted down from 10. But everybody That's on... so dumb. Everybody on the patio, though, for that whole three minutes from midnight to... Uh, 1203 we're all counting down from 10 over and over again until those guys finally started doing it i mean that seems like a like a hustle because you know that it's already happened so you're really just people who are counting and that's how you started 2019 you just counted Dude, it was preparation for the Royal Rumble. I can't complain about how many times. You know, I got to be able to to count down for when Kenny Omega makes that run in. I think we've had plenty of practice when it comes to countdowns for the Rumble and the Chamber and greatest Royal Rumbles. What other scenarios do they, they use the counter for? Elimination Chamber? I already said that. Well, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Wait, last man standing matches? Well, yeah. I don't think they use the the actual counter for that though. They should. It would Depends actually keep the ref in, in check for once. If you're yeah, if you're in Japan, it's a twenty count, so that doesn't even yeah. count. I would like to know the origin behind why they do a twenty count in Japan. Well, they also did uh, a match we're going to talk about later in the episode. They had a twenty count as well in Ireland. All right. I don't know, Derek. I don't have all these answers. I just watch the wrestling and then give you my thoughts on it. <laughs> well, we can do a we can do a lot of that because we have a pro wrestling podcast. I do want to say, while we're on the subject of New Year's, it's one of my least favorite holidays or celebrations of the year because it's, I don't know if I'm just a curmudgeon old fuck now, but it's so mundane. And I think, th- like, there's, I have a similar feeling towards New Year's that I do towards WrestleMania, which is that it gets built up and then ultimately the day after it happens, you realize that you're, nothing changed and you're disappointed. So you're telling me... For New Year's, it probably started around Y2K. For WrestleMania, it's impossible to trace where you started being sad. I can actually trace to you exactly where it started for me. And I think that it was the WrestleMania I went to. Was that 20? I have... 22. 22. Yeah. I mean, I've never... we, We should actually at some point discuss the only WrestleMania I've been to just as its own thing. But... The show ended with Cena versus Triple H for the WWE Championship, and the arena was not having any of John Cena, even though he was the babyface, and they were sucking Triple H's dick, even though he was the heel, and it just was a lot of fuck you Cena chance. and this was the main event of this, this epic thing that I had been wanting to go to for years, and the show just kind of ended on such a weird, sour patch moment, and I don't know, like, I... It, I'm try. I guess Rollins cashing in at the at the end of Mania 31 was the last time like I kind of left a Mania feeling like ah that was everything it needed to be. Even though that was the same WrestleMania where Sting lost to Triple H. God damn it, we're talking wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm not a big New Year's guy. Like I just I don't like because the next morning after you do all the partying and everything, it's just back to the same shit. Well, I have to ask you this, Derek. Okay. What is your wrestling New Year's resolution? Like, what's my resolution in any fashion tied to pro wrestling? Yes. Yeah, I don't, I don't care about <sighs> what resolutions you have set for yourself personally, as long as uh, whatever you're about to tell me involves the squared circle. My only personal resolutions I told to a coworker today, I said, I'm going to try to be nicer to the people I like and that I care about and meaner to the people that I don't like and don't care about. Um, as far as pro wrestling goes, I just, I, I think 2018 was pivotal for me in the sense that because of this podcast, because of where I live, I think I went to more pro wrestling in 2018 than I have at any other time in my life. Now you, on the other hand, you went fucking nuts and you traveled all over the world in one calendar. Like that's not normal. What you did was extraordinary in 2018. Good luck topping that in the future. I I would love to see you travel to San Francisco, Japan, back to California, back to New Orleans, to New York a couple times. You've been everywhere in the last year. But for me, just even between All In, Money in the Bank, the AAW shows I went to, the WWE shows I went to, 
Yeah, it was, it was a, I guess my resolution is to try to go to more shows in 2019, but I don't know if I can do that. (laughs) (laughs) I went to a lot of wrestling this past year. What about you? What do you got uh, as a uh, wrestling resolution? Well, so I found myself watching the most recent episode of NXT, which if you're listening to this now is actually last week's episode because this comes out on Thursdays. Otis and Jizz were in the main event against Undisputed Era. And I realize what Otis and Jizz are missing. Which is? Me, baby. I'm going to the main roster with them, and I'm going to be their mouthpiece. <laughs> I love the subtle, tenacious D reference you dropped right there. Um, they need me. You want to be, you wanna be the, the Paul Heyman. You want to be the, the, uh, the Jim Cornette for Heavy Machinery? Yeah, yeah, because I feel like a big problem right now is, you know, we're not taking heavy machinery seriously enough. And, and they're getting the call up anyway. They're going to be there. And you know what? They need somebody to tell their story. <laughs> what is their story? Well, why, why are you the person to tell their story? Because I'm the only one that believes in them, Derek. You believe in them? I, if you recall on the last episode, my uh, the Hangman Page Award or whatever the fuck I, we called it went to the Jizz. Next Big Thing Award. The next big thing is Jizz. <laughs> First, which off, is actually Otis. Eventually, Jizz is going to have to break off of Heavy Machinery, and it, he's going to have a shirt that says "The Jizz Man Cometh," and that's going to sell a lot. <laughs> uh, but I. I, I that guy's oh. neck, man. That guy's <laughs> neck is a story. Every time he does the worm, I am upset. Delighted. Delighted. You're delighted. Aroused. <laughs> Just so many <laughs> feelings. And that's what pro wrestling's supposed to do is fill you with uh, just a, an overwhelming sense of joy. A plethora of feelings all at once. Yeah, he's scary. You uh, don't want him in your house, but you kind of want a picture with him. You know, it's a whole, a whole thing. But you know, I'm gonna get on the mic and I'll be like, "What do you need to know about Jizz? His pickup, (laughs) his pickup truck." All the neck beards are like, "What? (laughs) I know everything there is to know." No, you don't. When you go into his pickup (laughs) truck, just a fucking waterfall of chewing tobacco tens fall out. And if you try and throw those away, he's going to kick you straight in the dick because he's saving the, the, you know, there's little decals that if you collect enough, he can get a beach towel or some shit. And he's really trying to get that. He's never going to submit those, but he tells you he's going to. Also, he's like, do you want to know about Jizz? I don't know a whole lot about him myself, but I do know we've been sharing a hotel room for the past six nights. And last night around 4 a.m., I caught him sneaking through my backpack. And if he's willing to do that to his manager, just think what he's willing to do to you. That's a hell of a promo. Garrett, do you think a guy who looks the way Jizz slash Otis does, do you think he looks in the mirror and says, I look like I need to be a pro wrestler. Because what else could I be? Well, what are they supposed to be? Are they construction workers? I don't really understand. <laughs> I know that I'm supposed to be conveying this message. Here's the funny thing. You, we give War Raiders a lot of shit for throwing up them, them heavy metal horns. But there's a lot of times where in my mind, I get the same vibe from the term War Raiders as I do heavy machinery. Yeah. It's like it, it's just another tag team name. It's like, oh, 
tough. Yeah, just two big tough guys, and they look very similar, but I'm going to go ahead and tell you, in the fight between construction workers that do the worm and two Vikings, who's going to win? Who's winning? The team that has Garrett as manager? Yeah, because I'm over there to do some heel shit, (laughs) and I'm going to get jizzed to the finish line. You said yeah so incredulously, like you're insulted that it was even up for debate. He all, Jizz always comes out on top. <laughs> Goddamn right it does. But yeah, when I saw they were in the main event of an NXT episode, I thought this is just fucking crazy. And you mentioned something to me that there was a serious botch from this match you wanted to talk about. <laughs> what the fuck happened? Derek. I don't feel like we talk about botches nearly enough for a comedic pro wrestling podcast. Derek. Oh, my God. So Kyle O'Reilly, Roddy Strong, Otis, Jizz, they're going to war. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Otis, a.k.a. Tucker, who has a, a vest that says Tucky on it, like where his name tag would be, Tucky. It does say right. that. Uh, he, Roderick Strong is on the apron with Tucker Knight. And he goes to pick him up, and he's going to drop him flat on his back on the apron. Totally misses the apron and sends him straight fat, flat back to the floor. <laughs> Are you positive this was a botch? Derek, it looked like he was supposed to hit that apron. It re- <laughs> I don't think he picked that guy up with full intentions of just dropping him straight to the floor. It. I mean, Ow. I know... I know it was, was the on thud a... comparable to Pete, like the, uh, the 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 Brody King thing, dude. He dropped heavy machinery. It's gonna make a sound. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. yeah, I don't I don't know. I mean, good luck to those boys on the main roster. Good luck to those boys. <laughs> We're sending them off to their first day of grade school. <laughs> See how they do. Oh, I hope they're ready to just get the shit beat out of them by Cesaro or something. Which one of you is Otis? Which one of you is Jizz? Come on. And like one of them's just going to be like, D- really? Look at me. I'm Jizz. <laughs> I don't know. Which kind of look like an Otis. Jizz well, you is, really are. Jizz's shirt says Dozer now. Ugh. Jizz Dozer. Jesus. Yeah, those guys are I was, nightmares. I was going to ask if... So, I got to bring this up while we're... <laughs> While we're talking about um, just noises that have come up multiple times on this podcast over the past year, you talked about the epic thud that Brody King made. We did a we did a uh, we did Shane McMahon wrong this past episode. Derek, the second you sent me this text, I realized we fucked we f- up. We fucked up hard. I don't know if I don't know if we fucked up the award, but we fucked up not mentioning this in the nominations. So it was a couple days after we recorded the, the, the you know, the, the Sophies. The Sophies. We came up with a name after the fact from one of our listeners about what we should call our yearly awards. The Golden Sofas are called the Sophies. We figured it out. We handed out the LOL award for the funniest moment of 2018 in pro wrestling. Mentioned a bunch of different things. We mentioned the, uh, the Don Callis, Chris Jericho incident. We mentioned the Joey Ryan's penis druids incident, which we actually ended up winning the award. We left off something. How did we leave off the awesome noises that Shane McMahon made when he got powerbombed onto the metal mach- heavy machinery 
behind gorilla position. And Derek, uh, for the listeners at home, give them a, an example of what that sound was like. Going back before this past WrestleMania. Was that really build, before Mania? That was the build to WrestleMania. Oh that was the God. build to the Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn versus Daniel Bryan Shane McMahon match. And it went a little something like this. I about passed out again. I'm out of I'm out of practice. Uh, so was Shane. He wasn't ready for that. Oh man, we got so much mileage out of that. That was a running joke for almost ten episodes, I think. For all we know, he did that on purpose to be funny. Yeah, he may have legitimately been hurt too. <laughs> that those may have been those may have been actual guttural noises of pain. He wasn't selling. That was. Like when, uh, did you ever end up watching the, the triple threat from TLC when Becky landed just ass first onto Charlotte <laughs> oh, from the top fuck. of that, that ladder? And you just hear, they bleep it, but Charlotte just goes, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> what can you do, man? It's not selling if it really hurts. Oh, just go with it. I just feel bad because you and I talk. That was a thing that we did almost every episode during the, the early stages of this podcast. And. To just leave it off as a nomination at the very least, like that was shame on us. Yeah, we did. Fuck we us. did Shane dirty this this week, and uh, I we owe him an apology. I mean, you could have made an argument that should have won, considering how often we use that as a running gag. But I digress. I just wanted to make sure we we worked that in. But uh, we actually have a a match we need to talk about that. Something that you recommended to me that I watch, you watch, I watch. Now we're going to talk about it on... What, what, I mean, what are we talking about today? Well, What is this? So originally we were going to have Queen of the Ring on today to talk about progress, uh, but our schedules just didn't work out, so we kind of had to throw something together last minute. And I'll be honest with you, Derek, for about the last week, week and a half, two weeks, I didn't really watch any wrestling. Well, it's been it's a been a busy it's the holidays, man. Like we don't have to explain too much, do we? No, I think everybody gets it and I will say it was a nice little break. I mean, we spent the better part of a year just covering violence all the time. So to, you know, not watch violence for a minute was I don't want to say nice cuz I did miss it. But uh now that I have it back, <laughs> feels great. Give me that violence. Give me that violence all day. But Bring I wanted I you know you don't want to have a shitty song be the first song you hear in 2019. Right. And I didn't want to have a shitty wrestling match be the first thing we saw. Or, you know, the first thing we see this year. So I found so a match. So you went to something that you knew would be good? Yeah, I had heard a lot of, uh, you know, kind of match of the year rumblings about this one. But it's one that kind of slid by me, never got around to it. And I'm very, very happy we did. Yeah. Yeah, this one was a fun one. Tell them what tell, tell them what we uh, allowed our eyes to view first in 2019. OTT, Over the Top Wrestling, a promotion in, I believe the show was in Dublin. Yes. I had never seen anything by this promotion, but goddamn, it was a hot, hot crowd in that room. And we watched Walter take on Will Ospreay for the, OT, uh, the OTT title. And I believe this was back in October. Yeah, we were lucky enough. This one was uh, available on YouTube. So if you're listening to the show, you want to watch this match, go back, watch it. It's a damn good match. Garrett, 
I got several spots I want to talk about from this because <laughs> holy shit. I mean, how many times can you and I rave about Walter's chops? We don't need to go on about that. That definitely happens in here where he chops the soul out of another human being. What do you, I mean, do I talk about Osprey trying to chop him a couple times and then just receiving a stiff kick in the face? <laughs> like just not a super kick, although it might as well be considered a super kick. He just takes a step back and just lifts his leg up and kicks another man in the face. Yeah. Walter is an imposing figure. Do we do we talk do we talk about the epic drop or the drop kick that you mentioned? Dude, he I oh that shotgun drop kick he does. I don't know if anyone else does it as hard as him. I mean, yeah. o- Osprey turned inside out. He definitely landed on his neck and did he fly out of the ring from that one? I think he did. I think he hit the mat, did like a backward somersault and then tumbled out between the the bottom two ropes. Yeah, he which, still, you know. He sold that shotgun drop kick like The Rock used to sell the Stone Cold Stunner. Absolutely. I, but was it selling? <laughs> that's a that's a big motherfucker. Well, I will say Osprey, I mean, it's not going to take much to make Walter look powerful, but goddamn, Osprey knows how to sell and he yeah. sold like a motherfucker for Walter who spent the first half of the match just manhandling him. Yeah, I, I I think it's fair to say you and I are big marks for Walter, but I don't think that anyone would be questioning why we are. Like, he's just... God damn, he's so fun to watch. Like, every match that he's in with somebody is is a spectacle. And I don't feel like it's going to get enough credit, and, and I hope you took a note of this. My favorite spot in this match may very well have been the top rope powerbomb that looked like he threw him up towards the ceiling before he hit the mat. God, I don't know if they just caught a good angle on that, but he looked like he was so... Okay, this is Walter, obviously, on the top rope. Uh, Osprey is trying to, you know, flip him off the top rope, but Walter catches him, lifts him up, and just kind of does this diving top rope powerbomb and sends him... I mean, he almost does a coast-to-coast caddy corner. Yeah, like I, I, I mean, I've seen some people come down from some pretty powerful power bombs before. Like you've seen some guys with some height drop some guys, but fucking Walter from the top rope to Osprey middle of the ring. Good Lord. Another good Lord. Well, just speaking of shotgun drop kicks, Walters wasn't the nastiest one in there. There's a moment in this match where Osprey is on the top rope and does a shotgun drop kick, or I guess just, yeah, he does that drop kick off the top rope to the back of Walter's neck. Yeah. That, and there's no way he knew that was coming. I mean, even if he did, how do you brace yourself to just be kicked in the back of the fucking head? Call it in the ring. (laughs) That's what you're doing. (laughs) Are you going to be okay if I just start calling things while we're hanging out? You basically do that when we're doing the podcast. That's true. <laughs> I'm, 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 I, every week you introduce me as something different. I never know what it's going to be. Call it in the ring. Uh, Walter and Osprey, for real. It should be like the first thing that comes up on, on YouTube if you search for Walter and Osprey. This, is, this has got uploaded like a month ago. Yeah, it was one of the first couple things for me when I looked it up. God, Walter removes the stairs, gives Osprey this just brutal powerbomb onto the stage. Yeah, I... I... And the (laughs) The crowd was very, very behind Osprey. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, and I think 
you and I through text some text exchanges started talking about why we love Walter so much, but I think we should share that with everyone listening. I would love to see this guy. I first of all, I told you I would love to be the one who got to book Walter's WWE debut if it were to happen. And you said that you overheard Jim Cornette raving about him. What did he say? Yeah, he was on a Jericho's podcast this last week, and he just he had nothing bad to say about Walter. He was just you know kind of talking about I, everything honestly that you said. Like he just, I just think he's an he's a good old school, old fashioned monster heel, and it works. It doesn't feel. I mean, maybe it's because it's on the like the independent circuit. I think certain things do work in smaller houses and with different lighting, and all those things play a factor. So whether or not something would work like on a WWE roster, I don't know. I just know I love seeing Walter because he's not like a guy who's super in shape. He literally looks like he could play a, a bully in a movie. <laughs> like he, he does. He's somebody that Jim Carrey or Jeff Daniels might throw a salt shaker at in a restaurant and dumb and dumb. Right. Absolutely. Like there's nothing about him that screams this guy other than being tall. Like he's not an athlete. And yet here he is. And I, I said to you, I think that the thing that I would love about seeing him in WWE, if they could do it differently in, in the way that he does it on the indie circuit, there's a, not a ton of showboating. And not I'm not saying that Monster Heels need to do that anyway, but it's scary. It's almost terrifying in Michael Myers-like the way he'll he'll stomp on you or he'll put a foot on your chest and hold you down and crush you. And even as he's letting you up, he's grabbing the next limb that he's going to try to like injure. And he's always setting up for the next move. It's just like, he's methodically breaking you down and destroying your body in a way that I, I just feel like I don't see like, no, like Strowman doesn't do that. He always takes a, a moment to lift his hands and roar. He just seems like a, a, a guy who is a wrestler, like a, like a legit shoot wrestler that just happens to be like seven feet tall. How tall is he? Do you know? Um, I can look that up real quick. You mentioning kind of him being an, a wrestler. You don't really see Big Show putting somebody in a leg lock or, you know, just doing mat wrestling. I think that's what's scary about him as a character. I mean, the whole ring general thing, I think his whole presentation on, on the on the indie scene is the, the music fits, his his ring gear being kind of basic, black trunks, the, the jacket he comes out in. Everything about it's intimidating as hell. And the fact that this giant man, he's not just like he I mean, he can chop the shit out of you. Obviously, we talk about that all the time. But the fact that he'll also grab a hold and try to break you in half with a, like a Boston half Boston crab or whatever. Good oh Lord. God. I mean, it's he's just terrifying. How how what's what's his height? OK, so Walter, which <laughs> you and I are both older than him. Well, I figured we're That's getting upsetting. to be old. Uh, look, looking through some of his ring names, Big Daddy Walter, Big Van Walter, <laughs> Gacha Ping, Man Mountain uh, Walter. Big Daddy Walter was, he, was so he in he, a tag team with Kevin Nash? According to... Uh, <laughs> I can't not see it now. According to Wikipedia, he's 310 pounds and he's only 6'4". I'm pissed. I know. I say only. It's just funny that on the indies, he is a monster. If he were Attitude Era WWE, he's regular size. 
that actually kind of ruined something for me. I would have sworn he was at least at least six seven six eight. God damn, the- he's not he's not even taller than Scott Hall. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Is that a problem? So the Indies are just full are the Indies just full of like what are they like tiny what what's the technically correct term? Normal size people? No. <laughs> I was making a joke. I don't know if like like whatever. I just I'm disappointed to find out he's only like I don't know I feel like somebody just well, told me Santa Claus isn't real. Well, wait, what? Um. <laughs> <laughs> no, but when we were, when I was watching this match, I noticed I thought like, oh man, Osprey must be really tall because he's not that much shorter than Walter. So that also just means that Osprey is pretty close to you know what an average size wrestler is or you know WWE wrestler, right? I don't know. That kind of bummed me out when I saw his size, but it does make sense that on the indies, you know, a big guy a like six that, four it's, guy. It's why, the, what is it? You call it the badass Billy Gunn effect. That's what I was getting ready to say is, you know, he's the same size as Billy Gunn. I bet if I look it up, Billy Gunn's fucking taller than him. <laughs> it ruins everything. Uh, that kind of kills my mood. You know what actually make me really happy, though, Garrett? What's that? If our listeners hopped on iTunes. Gave us five stars, left a really nice review. That would make me really happy. That'd be a great way to start 2019. Garrett, what happens if they leave us a review and a five-star rating? We will talk about literally anything you want, as long as it can be loosely linked to pro wrestling. If you want us to watch... Hey, I went and tried to watch uh, Holmes and Watson. I made it seven minutes in, Derek. Why did you even bother? Because Braun Strowman's in it. Right, but like, why, like, what can you get out of seven minutes that's like definitely no or definitely yes? You can just, te- you mean like, what can, what did I get out of those seven minutes of that movie that I'm like, no, I can leave now? I sat through the entire new Ghostbusters movie. That movie was not that bad. Oh my God. No, I, okay. No. I, no, I want to bring this. No. Not, no. We're not talking about <laughs> Ghostbusters. I got good. Uh, I got accused of uh, thinking that it's like a brag that I walk out of movies. And you know what? Maybe it is a brag because I hit a point in my life when I can tell what bullshit I don't want to watch. And then when I have better time, when, I, when there's, you know, something I could be doing better with my time. It's also you gloating about your card that you have. Your ability to go see a movie every day and just be like, ah, oh, yeah. it's, it's a very let them eat cake type moment. Where you're able to just be like, I'll go give this thing a try. It gets seven minutes. And then if it, I am not entertained, I'm out. Like you had me... to go drive somewhere and park. Well, I didn't have to pay for parking or anything. I just walked into a theater. I showed up late, missed the previews, sat down. Movie wasn't funny. Got up and left. Right, Went but home. I'm just saying that the, the drive to get to the theater was probably twice as long as you giving the movie an opportunity. It was exactly twice as long. <laughs> <laughs> And poor Braun Strowman, he he never got to perform for you. See, AMC Movie Pass gives me this incredible ability to play a game I like to call Movie Rodeo, which is how long can I sit in this seat before it kicks me out? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, 
you should just at least own that you're like, yeah, this is going to sound cool later when I say I fucking walked out after seven minutes. You know what? I just want people, like, I know too many people that are like, I sat through the whole thing. It was terrible. And I'm like, well, why'd you fucking sit through it? Your dad sat through Ready to Rumble with you. Yeah, that's different. He brought a child. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> I brought no one. I went, I left, I left on my own. I didn't ruin anyone else's time. How many of our, our, like, between me and all of our childhood friends, how many people did you take to go see movies that ultimately ended up being shitty? Listeners, <laughs> we haven't really talked about my movie love. Uh, I, I'm a huge movie fan. I go see pretty much anything. That doesn't mean that I'll stay the whole time. But, you know. <laughs> I'll you get two minutes. Impress me. I found out that a lot of people walked out of Holmes and uh, Watson 15 minutes in. Yeah, I actually, I'm, if I'm being serious with you for a moment, I've, I've heard that that's a thing, that people aren't making it very far into that movie. There's a scene towards the beginning where he's trying on all these different hats, and one is a fez that's red and says, make England great again, and it just wasn't funny. I sat through seven minutes of a full theater being dead silent, and I thought, this isn't going to get better. You could have got no. a free nap in. Yeah, I thought about that. See, I do that sometimes. I'll take, because those recliner seats are comfortable. But yeah, okay, they are. listeners, I had a reputation in my friend group of dragging people to see things that they didn't want to see or getting them in my car uh, under the guys that were going to be doing something else and then being like, surprise, we're at this movie. This is what's happening. Is it that you had a reputation for doing this or did you just do this? Well, I mean, if I there did, is a it difference. doesn't mean I had. There's a, is there a difference? Because I was doing <laughs> I think it. There is. Uh, I think you can have a reputation for something that you don't necessarily do. Name a little bit of dog shit that I dragged you to in high school. Uh, the Ringer, Catwoman. I will never apologize uh, for taking you to Catwoman. New York Minute with the Olsen twins. We'll never apologize for that either. We got a lot of fun out of that. <laughs> I do remember... Here's, here's a quick tangent that has nothing to do with pro wrestling. I do remember expressing my interest in seeing the movie the day after tomorrow and everyone kind of being like, that looks stupid. Why the fuck would you want to go see that? And then I had to work or something. And all of you guys went to go watch it without me. <laughs> and you came back and you were like, it was actually pretty good. I didn't think it was that bad. And I was like, fuck you guys after all. God damn it. You're a heel. I think we're both heels. This is a heel podcast. Hey, but everybody I likes undisputed era. They do. That's true. Derek, hey, uh, let's get back on the topic of pro wrestling. You said you had something on... you want to talk about today. I, I do have something I want to talk about, but before we get to that, there is news that we should kind of talk about, don't you think? What news? Something kind of something happened last night late. Was it around midnight. 2 a.m. our time? It was around 2 a.m., but get remember, I was asleep, so. Oh, I was awake, I... and I watched the second it was posted. Big news in the world of pro wrestling. All elite wrestling is a reality. It's coming soon. And on top of that, they're doing a sequel to All In called Double or Nothing. Which the presumably elite, is in Vegas. Presumably. We'll get to that in a minute. But uh, we're here. Like, I mean, I, I, I guess the announcement everyone's excited about, everyone kind of knew it was coming, though, too, right? Like, there's been enough leaks and discussion about it. But I guess the official announcement from them makes it a big deal. How'd you feel about the logo? What are your thoughts, knowing that the, what's the president of the Jacksonville Jaguar, Jaguars is the president of All Elite Wrestling? 
what are your thoughts, man? I'm excited. I mean, we were excited before. I think, I don't know what announcement we were expecting to get. Uh, we ended up basically getting an announcement that was essentially, yep. <laughs> <laughs> like it was them. Double just, yep. Just like double yep. Quadruple yep. We're all here. We're doing it. And yeah. uh, does that include SCU? I know they're supposed to be at that. They're doing what is it? A pref- press conference in On Jacksonville. Yeah, yeah. And Which, I guess SCU is going to be there. Do you know what else is happening? Uh, they said within walking distance from that press conference. I heard something that SmackDown's in town that night. They're doing it in the same town that SmackDown's happening in. So are they doing an invasion one more time? I mean, is that a, is that a, another blatant declaration of war? Well, let's talk about this for a minute before before we before we start analyzing all the little bits and pieces of this. Let's dive into the hard part, which is: Do you think that AEW is it going to actually be? Can it be competition to WWE, or is this just an alternative product, or is the existence of this meant to push WWE to be better? Go. I guess it did kind of act as both, right? I mean, do do you buy that AEW could on ever run WWE out of business? I've said for a long time that a lot of these indie wrestlers, if they were given the platform to do what we've watched them do in these bingo halls to a wide audience, that an audience would be captivated enough by the athleticism and conveniently the charisma of this very talented group they have, I think they can take it over. So you think that what happens on the indie scene, if more eyes could get on it, you actually think that would catch on and be preferred. Like it's you actually like like the like WWE is holding back. Like they have the talent who can pull off a lot of the things that you see on the indie scene that the elite pull off, but they don't let it happen on a national stage. Therefore, the national eyes don't see it. And like that's why it's not a thing. Like that's why you have to go to your local bingo hall to see this. Well, and that's why I think you know WWE could have beaten them to the punch on this if they had just done something to further push NXT into more houses. But can can't they still technically do that? They can, but yeah, and you know they have a big enough roster that it's not like too little, too late or anything. But yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting once we see what cast of characters they have. Are they going to start running this show like a like a television version of being the elite? Or is it going to be presented like a sporting event? Is it going to be presented just like WWE? I guess, you know, what I read today, too, from one of the dirt sheets was that uh, so Khan is officially the the president and he has appointed Cody and the Bucks as co-vice presidents of the company. And that a big part of the deal in signing these guys and like getting this started was that the team, the creative team behind All In had to be the ones in charge of creative. I guess this brings up another question I wanted to ask you, which is, do you think that if they're going to be performers or wrestlers for this, this brand, are they going to be able to shake the perception of also being management? Because is that going to play on the way people view things or how things are booked if they know that Cody and the Bucks are part of the decision making process? I mean, even if you even if you trust their judgment and think that they'll do a good job, is that something that you know how fucking wrestling fans are? 
something goes wrong, they're looking for somebody to blame and where, where the issues are. And is there going to be a perception that they're not doing jobs or they're booking things? And like, even if you give them the benefit of the doubt, do you think there'll be some backlash over those guys being in management positions for this? With the internet, there's going to be backlash over literally anything. So I think there will be, but I also think like as being the elite has gone on for, I mean, how many episodes are they up to now at hundred and something? Yeah. Like 140 or whatever. Uh, Throughout that, they've admitted, like, when there's bad sketches and things that just didn't work, they kind of seem to own up to it and kind of poke fun at, you know, bits that didn't work. And also, Cody has already kind of set himself up by running his own show and booking the match that should have been the main event in the middle of the card. So I feel like they're doing a pretty good job right now of easing us into thinking... This isn't going to be like when Hall and Nash. if they do make mistakes, they're going to learn from it. Yeah. I would like to think that they've watched enough that they have seen what hasn't worked and what, you know, brought down WCW. These seem like smart guys. So, but but here's the interesting thing. How is their working relationship with Ring of Honor and New Japan going to be? Because... I think New Japan is going to be able to work out deals with Ring of Honor. Like, like there's going to be that exchange of talent. Do you think that if you own ROH, are you looking at this and going, "Oh fuck!" Like there goes a like there like there's a huge chunk of our market that's going to be going to them. I I would have thought that, and I mean, we talked about that where I'm like, "Well, Ring of Honor's fucked," but then they had four really good signings, and honestly. Mark Haskins and Bandito going over there is enough that's going to keep me paying attention as long as, you know, they're doing something cool over there. Um, I don't see Ring of Honor or see New Japan wanting to cut ties with those guys. If I were them, I would want to have as much of a working relationship as I could. But is New Japan going to be able to do work with them and ROH? Like, I mean, I guess the question is. And I don't mean this in a in a way where I'm suggesting that it shouldn't exist, but I'm saying, what exactly is the point of All Elite Wrestling that ROH and New Japan aren't already fulfilling? Like, like, what is going to be their de- what's going to what what is AEW going to offer the wrestling market that ROH and New Japan don't? As a as it not as in like I don't believe they don't have anything, but like what will be their niche? The elite. They've got the guys. I mean, those guys are the reason that everybody started paying attention to Ring of Honor for a while. You know, not to say that Ring of Honor doesn't go through phases where it's like they've got this group of guys and then they leave and have to rebuild. But this seemed like one of the most major factions in pro wrestling in a very long time. But wouldn't part of their job to be to put over other people that aren't the elite if they're if they're in this company? You mean if I mean, they're gonna, they're, if AEW or are you talking? Yeah, yeah. For AEW is that if the drawing if the drawing point of AEW is the elite, they're still gonna have to do pro wrestling business. That's that's not the elite. <laughs> I guess is what I'm saying. Because it can't just it can't just be them going over every night. No, it can't. And I don't think that it would be that way. I think. They would do a good job of finding good heels or if they make themselves heels, find somebody that you want to see beat their ass. Because 
I've watched the Young Bucks lose a bunch. I've watched them be heels, and I've watched them be baby faces, and they've done incredible at both. I'm excited about it. I think I do think this is a big deal. I do think it's a turning point, and I do think this announcement getting the kind of backing that they're getting. What's the guy's name? Khan? At Tony Khan, I believe. Tony. Okay. Getting that kind of backing from somebody with that kind of money. Like, I don't know if the... We'll have to take it one step at a time. I don't know if they're going to be serious competition for WWE. I do think, once again, running some kind of press conference or show like <laughs> in the same town they're doing SmackDown in, I think that'll get noticed. Um, Especially since it's another billionaire doing it. A guy yeah. who's got more money than Vince. Yeah, and they are they were I mean, they were already on Vince's radar to begin with, whether or not they ever wanted to talk about it. I mean, it was worth a cease and desist, wasn't it? <laughs> so <laughs> it was worth firing one of their writers over. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see where this goes. I mean, for all we know, they end up doing a deal with Netflix, you know, something that everybody or has Hulu. access to or Hulu. Yeah. 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 Either yeah. one. Nope. I, I I don't know. Do you think being on network TV would help them, or do you think being on a major streaming service would be more beneficial? I th- fuck. I don't know, man. Because I think everything is trending towards internet service options, as opposed because you know people talk all the time, like and we talk about it, how raw ratings and SmackDown ratings are down, but a lot of that has to do with people not watching stuff live anymore. People go back and watch things or people watch stuff on social media on YouTube. They watch the parts they want to watch and they skip the parts they don't care about. And that's just kind of the nature of the market. So maybe moving away from a a network deal, although that's that may that maybe that's where the biggest money is. I don't know. I do know that them getting any kind of major TV time either way is a big freaking deal because if, because I think you and I both agree that the indie style of pro wrestling, if more eyes were on it, people would get it and it would catch on. And it's just, I, it's like, it is, it's like the X games of pro wrestling. Yeah. And I, and I think that part of the, there's a stigma and this is this, since we've been doing the podcast, this is something that I've had to um, work on. To, like you have to put an effort to watch indie wrestling. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying it's a thing that the casual viewer, it's a wall that they have to get through. ROH, whenever I watched ROH on actual TV, like on broadcast television, it's always been late at night, like when people are out doing other things on the weekend. New Japan, it's a, you have to watch it on your laptop at three in the morning kind of thing. And I think... <laughs> Impact, you have to go into the middle of the woods, skin a deer, pull the deer <laughs> open, <laughs> stick your head inside the hole like it's a fucking tauntaun, right. and hope, that, uh, hope you get signal. And so, like, I, I think the thing you take away from this is realizing that it doesn't matter how good your fucking product is. If nobody can see it or if it's difficult to see, it's not going to take off. Now, and then you can still have people going to say, even if you get eyes on it, it's maybe it won't catch on. I think Vince, I think Vince believes that. And I think that's what we think he believes is that whatever it is that people like about indie wrestling, it's only ever going to be a niche market. It's going to be a small percentage of people who that's what they're into. And that there's always going to be the perception that because it's a work, because it's predetermined, because it's not a real sport, that when people see the acrobatic athletic side of the indie style of wrestling, that they're going to go, yeah, 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 flips and shit, but it doesn't matter. It's fake and change the channel. 
I, I just, I'm excited about it. I think I'm, I'm really hoping it does change the game. I don't, I I'll go as far as saying, I don't believe that they'll ever put Vince out of business. I think that's out fucking rageous considering Ted Turner and a huge budget couldn't do it during the peak of pro wrestling. But I do think that what this can do is it can change how WWE runs their business. And if they see that there's something that is working elsewhere and it's drawing money and gaining attention and it's, you know, WWF changed and did the attitude era in response to what WCW was doing because it was a threat on some level and eventually almost did run them out of business, but it, it was a response to the business model changing. Maybe all elite wrestling will do that, but we also have to stop and talk about double or nothing. What is, what is your perception on, I guess they haven't officially announced where it's going to happen, but the presumption is Vegas. You seem to, have insider information that it's definitely Vegas. Well, I know um, our buddies from the the True Heel podcast. They met Cody in line or met him at the the meet and greet at Final Battle, and he straight up told them it's going to be in Vegas in May. And <laughs> not even being coy about it. <laughs> no, like that's what I mean. And what he said to me isn't didn't he say May? But he didn't specify. He told them Labor Day weekend in Vegas. Yeah. And when he told me and at the NWA show, yeah, he just said. It's like, yeah, leave May open. We're going to do the sequel. <laughs> like, it's just, it's funny that he's the most loose-lipped guy, and but there's an, an element of it that's like, he's definitely fucking with me. Why would he give me this information? Yeah. Which, which once again, I'm telling you, Cody Rhodes is the, <laughs> the most bang for your buck in a meet and greet. He makes you feel like you got some insider info. Well, or maybe maybe he realized that in, in the modern-day pro wrestling scene, the best way to hide something is out in plain sight because leaks are so prevalent because people are always looking for spoilers and they're always digging for more information. The best way to make somebody think that something's a work is to just be straightforward. And then you still leave them guessing because they think there's no way he just told me that. So I guess with all in two, do you think that as they, do you think that All In 2 will end up kind of being the launch of their whatever this is going to be? You had mentioned this, and that was actually my first thought, too, um, when I heard about AEW and, and a sequel to All In. Uh, yeah, that's what I think it's ultimately going to be. Because, you know, it would be a fun way to roll out the roster is by gradually showing you who's going to be there again. And right. This- this time, I don't know, since Impact and Ring of Honor work together and New Japan and, you know, Ring of Honor have their own thing going on. I don't think it's impossible that they could do some kind of deal where it ends up just being like a territory thing and you get people to bounce around from show to show a little more. It's going to be interesting. I, I wanted to bring this up a few minutes ago, but I, it's going to be interesting to see if all of these companies can work together. I think I I think that's the one thing that we as as kind of fans of the the different indie promotions that are out there we're giving them the benefit of the doubt that this won't get nasty and i don't know that we necessarily should be doing that that's true but i don't know when you look at the people that are in charge if chris jericho's doing the all elite thing he's buddies with don callis over at impact i mean the bucks have a good relationship with roh and that i don't know maybe they can be the mediators of everyone 
I'm just saying that, like, if you're ROH, maybe right now you're going, hey, guys, good luck. Like, go do your best. We're excited to see what you guys do. And maybe six months from now, you're feeling a little bit differently about it since all of your top guys basically just walked out and started their own thing. Yeah. Like, I'm sure I'm sure Vince, when he lets when he let Scott Hall and Kevin Nash go to shitty WCW, he was like, hey, go get your money, whatever. Fuck you guys for leaving. But, you know, good luck, whatever. And then I think, you know, a year or two later is thinking, fuck them. Like, <laughs> fuck everything. <laughs> fuck everything about them. I can't believe they did this to me. I'm just and I'm not saying that's necessarily what's going to happen. I just he's just crying think, in his office and like, what's wrong, Vince? And he goes, diesel <laughs> fucked me. <laughs> Big Daddy Walter. <laughs> God damn, I'm not gonna be able to unsee that. I just I like I just think it's we're so excited about having all these different options. I I it's gonna be really interesting if if ROH's ticket sales take a hit or the interest takes a hit and all the attention does turn to AEW. And will they ever run shows close to when an ROH show is? And will people hold off on buying? Like, cause that's, that's the thing is, is this stuff as you have more options and you have more things to spend money on, not everyone is going to buy all of it. Somebody's going to shift their focus and their, their dollars elsewhere. How many times have you said like about mania weekend, you aren't going to be able to fit everything into your schedule that you would like, and you're going to prioritize what you want to go to. And if suddenly you have like four promotions running through your, your town, you know, every couple months, like, like you're going to probably cut some stuff out. Yeah. I think I, the thing that I'm most surprised about with all of this news, and, and I talked to you a little bit about it. All in was in September, given it was like September 1st. Yes. Wow. What are, what are we four months from that now? Good Lord. Jeez, all in was four months ago. I, it feels I'm like so, it was a year ago. Does it? I feel like so much has happened in between that it's just yeah. That's true, but to me, it still kind of feels like it was just like last week in some in some ways to me. It was such a memorable weekend, and it was just I guess to build to the point I was getting to, which is I'm surprised another one of these is happening so soon within the same calendar year. Like in my mind, do you remember when we were going into all in and the discussion was when do you think they'll when or if do you think they'll do another one of these? I wouldn't have guessed we, in May. Yeah, right. I mean, I think it's it'll work in Vegas because it, it's so close to, you know, LA. It's Vegas is a place you go to for spectacle and shows. Honestly, it's an easy yeah, it's an easy place to fly into. Um I want to say I was looking up tickets from Chicago to there and it was like 100 bucks. Or something, yeah. you know, it's like a fairly, it's a pretty easy place for anyone in the U.S. to get to. Right. I mean, it, it, it's almost surprising that this isn't where they did it first. You know what I mean? It seemed like they wanted, they had specific cities they were trying to make it happen in. Uh, if they're doing it in Vegas, I think the question is where they would do it. Because if they truly are going double the seats, I think T-Mobile where WWE runs would be the next place. I think that's the, that's the arena there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess I just look at it and I, I mean, it's going to work. I don't have any doubts about that. I guess I'm just surprised at how quickly it's moving. Yeah. Like, like I'm not saying it loses. I don't want to say it, it loses 
it being special, but it like I to go from where we were just like you know five months ago where we were thinking like oh man I wonder if All In does what good if they'll just do one every year, and they're I mean like I guess they're technically doing that but it doesn't I don't know it feels like they could potentially do more than that I mean I, and I guess good kudos to them that was the vision maybe maybe it ended up see that's the other thing I never feel like as a fan that I got like the details on what their response was to how good all in weekend went. Well, once again, it's, you know, while we were watching that, we also said there's a lot of other people watching this as well. You have no idea if a network is watching this, if an investor is watching, but I think somebody saw that money was to be made and I'm very excited to see what platform they're going forward in. Yeah. I, I, I'm just, I guess I'm overwhelmed with how quickly all this is coming together. I think that we were we were thinking. I guess the, the all elite wrestling thing is really the big story here, not so much double or nothing, because I think at all in we were thinking, wow, it would be so cool if we got to see another show like this, and now they're talking about having their own promotion. <laughs> <laughs> like it's 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 and 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 uh, they've got the financial backing. So yeah, obviously someone was paying attention. They got what they wanted. I. I had a topic I wanted to bring up for this episode. I think I'm going to save it, honestly. Yeah, we ran a lot longer talking about All Elite Wrestling than I was anticipating. Well, I knew it was going to be a big topic to cover because, I mean, it, good Lord, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's a huge news thing in the world of pro wrestling. We have to cover it. But I do want to say we, we put out a request for some questions. We're going to do some Q&A here at the end of the episode, even if it's only a couple. But, uh... You want to dive into these? Yeah, hit me with, with me. So I have not we seen had, these yet. Put out a Q&A request, and we got our first one from a, uh, what would you call it? a regular listener, friend, a good friend of the show. You guys have probably heard of him. His name's Lowell. And he, we have to talk about this now. America's favorite Canadian. He America's seems favorite Canadian. He has some issues with me, but I still love him. I think his issues with, uh, with you are very valid. Lowell asks, are there any locations you think double or nothing will be in? My pick is T-Mobile Arena in Vegas. I'm definitely going if it's in Vegas. Will you two be going? I actually I just said T-Mobile, actually. That's the one that yeah. makes the most sense. I don't know of any other arenas that that would work in. The other places they do is usually Sam's Town or the Orleans. Those are both smaller places, so I think it would be T-Mobile. As far as this going, as far as like you and I talked about it, um, I'm planning on trying to make that work. I we don't we need to know more details about when and what what the situation is if they're going to be doing Starcast. Uh, I don't know if you noticed the event in Jacksonville, Florida, is actually one of the sponsors was listed as Starcast. Yeah. So uh, to me, that says it will be there. And actually, no, that was one of the things Cody said is that they were doing StarCast again. That's why he's like, because I mentioned we did StarCast the first time, and he's like, oh, we're going to be doing it again. You'll have to come in for the sequel. <laughs> I guess I just want to know. I want to know the details. Is, is it going to be this, like at a Vegas hotel? How the, I want to know how that's going to work. But um, Well, either yeah, way, I mean, the second we're available to purchase our way into StarCast or any of that stuff, I will 100% be doing that. I am... I'm ready to experience that weekend again. Uh, so I, I for one will be there 
one way or the other. I'm excited. I would like to... I, I'm, the actually thing I'm most nervous about is the ticket process again. Do you remember what a fucking nightmare that was? Yeah, but this time there's going to be double the tickets. We'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> double the tickets and closer to L.A. Yeah, which means, right. uh, which means our West Coast correspondent, John, is going to come with us. Next question comes from at HockeyMegan85. You know who that is? I believe that's your girlfriend. Yeah, that's my girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> On Twitter, that's my girlfriend, Megan. She asks both of us, what is your favorite part about watching and going to a pro wrestling show with someone who isn't familiar with it or is just getting into it? I love picking someone's brain and also just kind of watching them. It's like if I'm watching my favorite movie with somebody who's never seen it, I feel like I'm constantly looking over to gauge their reactions and enjoyment, which probably makes it harder for them to enjoy. Uh, like you're looking like, for validation? Yeah. And then it also, you know, you'll get things that surprise me. Uh, like, uh, to me, it, at the time when Dean Ambrose was on top, and a lo everyone loved Ambrose, I was very surprised when a couple friends were like, I don't like this guy. What's his deal? He just has a name? He just has a regular name and he's a guy? I was like, yeah, but he's... He's unhinged. He's crazy. Yeah. yeah. They're like, nah, he's just a guy. I think my thing with it is, I, I think that because there's a certain perception of pro wrestling and the fans, it's fun watching somebody who otherwise would probably tell you, I'm not into that. I don't get it. It's watch. It's fun watching them get sucked in, even if it's just for a moment, like where you can see that they, they get it. And they get why people like it. Even if they don't walk away as like a lifetime fan, like they understand it for a little while about why it's fun. And to me, that was one of the things I enjoyed most about bringing non-wrestling fans to PWG. It was like just taking you inside of this little fight club where you got to experience a thing. And most people seem to not expect what it was. And by the end, when they left, you know, they were always like, oh, I'm definitely coming back to this. Just uh, seeing, seeing that glee. That's a lot of fun. We don't really have any other uh, things for Q&A. I do want to point out, I made a commitment that this month is going to be the month where I break out my pro wrestling t-shirt tournament. I promised everyone I was working on. I have the bracket made. I have the seating in some form or fashion assembled. I know what we're doing for shirts. I, I kind of, I actually brought queen of the ring in on this. I got her personal opinion on uh, a, a, how my bracket looked and who was going to be involved. And I think, uh, I think it's going to be good. I think I'm going to either try to get the, the uh, bracket out you know, maybe today, maybe, maybe when you guys are listening to this podcast, I'll have it up. But uh, either way, by the end of the week, we'll be able to do that and they can vote. Our listeners can vote on what they think is the greatest pro wrestling shirt of all time. We're going to have that tournament. Your voice will be heard on this. I put a lot of time into this, and I think you guys are going to have fun with it. And we can share and that on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Yeah, which means now's as good a time as any to plug all of our goddamn social media. We're at Wrestle Hangout on Twitter, at Predetermined Podcast on Instagram, at Wrestle Hangout on Facebook. Please 
Leave us that five-star review on iTunes. We'll talk about anything you want. Just let us know what you want us to watch. We'll fucking watch it. We don't care. Hey, thank you so much for listening. Uh, this has been an awesome year. I really appreciate all of you hanging out with us in 2018. Looking forward to what 2019 is holding because it looks like it's going to be a pretty glorious year for wrestling. Coming up this weekend, I've already, first weekend of January, I already have three shows I'm attending. I'll be at Boom. the... NWA pop-up show in Clarksville. I'll be at the Impact pay-per-view taping in Nashville, as well as the TV taping on Monday. So if you're going to be at any of those shows, come say hi. Take some stickers with you. Hand out some stickers and some buttons and some business cards. I'm going to gonna, gonna, gonna make sure he has that stuff on him. I'm going to smack one right on Brian Cage's ass. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're stealing a gimmick from the Edge and Christian podcast. Do they touch Brian Cage's butt? There's a running joke over there that Christian's constantly trying to smack Edge's ass. You've well, smacked Lord, my ass before. Done more than that to it. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. <laughs> what the fuck? That's, uh, I, I haven't done more than that, Derek. I feel like the listeners should know. Or we should we leave it a mystery? at the end of this. Yeah. Oh, fuck. God. How do we get out of this, Derek? Yeah, hit our goddamn music. Music.